Check one, check two, check fuck, check you. Welcome to The Highway with Kyle Shutt. I am your host, Kyle Shutt. A little highway trivia for you here. Uh, this is actually the very first episode that I ever taped uh, back when I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I called up my, my best friend in the world, Mr. Rocky Moon who happens to be a country legend. We got him on the program. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, just sort of test the waters and see what was going on. So th- this was a really fun conversation. We talked about just good old times on tour and uh, what it means to hop in a van with your best friends and leave your whole life behind. It's a great idea. I highly recommend it. If you like what you've been hearing on the program, go ahead and give us a follow if you want or subscribe where you can on our YouTube page. And uh, all, that, all that jazz really helps us out. You know how it goes. The Internet. Am I right? And if you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway where you can get all sorts of crazy perks starting at $2 a month. Get yourself a shout out, early access to next week's episode. Get a postcard in the mail from me. Help me put some beer in the fridge. You know, if you do any of that, I'm going to love you forever. Eh, You know, I'm going to love you forever anyway. But I'd like to give some extra special love this week to Rich Partain, Guy Witzel, Ty Purvis, Mr. McBertsky, my, my boy Bert, Gary LaRoe, and my, my crazy uncle Trash Blood. Every, he's got a great podcast too, uh, Trash Blood Podcast. He talks about all kinds of goofy stuff. Go check him out. And we must give mad, mad love to our sponsors, Heil Sound. If you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me. I can't wait for y'all to hear this week's conversation with Rocky Moon and all the ridiculous shit that we got into. So let's go ahead and get things started my way. The Highway. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. This is the uh, the podcast test, <laughs> the test <Yeah>. cast. <laughs> but but it's, it's going to work. I have a uh, I have a good feeling about it. Um, so, ro- country legend Rocky Moon, or you're you're an all around rock and roll legend, really. When you think about it, I guess I'm a little of both. On the real though, um, uh, let's let's talk about kind of how you and me uh, got to know each other because it was um, okay. through a bunch of mutual friends and stuff, and uh, I. Um, uh, for those of you out there uh, that don't know, Rocky Moon was the singer for uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, American Sharks. And uh, just uh, f- f- the way I found out about the band was through uh, y'all's drummer, Nick Cornetti, um, who, right, um, yeah, he would, uh, he was just a kid I knew in the scene, and he would, uh, every time I would see him, he would hand me a, a burn CD of uh, his latest band or whatever he was doing. And, you know, it was, it was cool stuff. It was just kind of all over the place. But one one day he handed me uh, an American Shark CD, and it was just, uh, it was the first 7-inch y'all put out. That was the right. um, Indian Man and, uh, what was the B-side? Uh, uh, the uh, uh, XVI. XVI, yeah. And, um, and I put it in my truck and was driving around running errands all day. And I listened to it probably a hundred times. It was so good. And there wasn't a band like that at the time um, in Austin. Like sort of when the sword came up, you know, like we were, there wasn't really like any real metal bands in Austin. There was like hardcore and there was punk and stuff like that. But we were the first kind of like, you know, sleep wasn't a band anymore. You know, we were the first band that came around that kind of had that like kind of stoner metal, whatever you want to call it, vibe um, in Austin. Mm-hmm. And 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 so whenever uh, I heard the Sharks, it was just this whole new like, uh, I mean, just take on rock and roll at the time. And um, it, it was just awesome. It blew me away. And uh, I I really wanted to bring you guys on tour. 
uh, mostly because I was friends with Nick. I didn't know you yet, um, but uh, right. <laughs> I, I got to know you real fast because the first day of tour, uh, whenever we had um, thrown you guys on, I think it was uh, on the Apocryphon tour, right? Um, yes. Sort. I can't remember who else was playing on it, but um, it was Gypsy you, Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I'm not um, laughing at Gypsy Hawk. I just, <laughs> it's just, you know, there's so much history there. There's a lot. But um, but from day one, uh, you just started making fun of me uh, on stage, and you didn't even know me. I don't even know if we had met yet or anything, but uh, I was just like, who yeah. is this motherfucker clowning me in front of everybody? Like, I just, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And um, it was, I, what was, I can't even remember the joke. You were like, it was Will's birthday or something like that, and I didn't get him a I present. Would tell, yeah, I would tell people it was Will's birthday. Well, I would do two things. One, I would tell everybody that it was Will's birthday and that you guys didn't get him a present, that you didn't get him a present. And uh, and then <laughs> I would do also, it every like... every night. Like, every, every night, night you do it yeah. in front of a different crowd. It, was, it, got, it got to be ridiculously hilarious by the end of the tour, yeah. Right. Well, and then in Seattle, we were playing at Numo's, and I remember I went to go do the trick, the same thing every night, and... All of a sudden, it was you and Jimmy, I believe, came out on the stage. Nope, everybody, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they you guys actually bought him a present. It was like this color in, like those felt, <laughs> color your own felt painting with markers thing. And it was actually really cool. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Give him something to do in the van. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. It was so bad. I finally got him a present. But yeah, that was the beginning of a, a long line of just throwing each other uh throwing each other under the bus and uh, just having good times on tour. Uh, I'll never forget those days. I ended up um, yeah, managing you guys for a minute. Um, yeah. Not because I wanted to manage a band, but I, I remember that you, you were all talking about uh, somebody managing you. And I was just, I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, do not do that. I will manage your band before anybody like that will. And, and uh, you guys were like, you'll manage our band. I was like, ah, fine, <laughs> let's, let's do it. <laughs> And uh, that was fun. I did it for like like a year and a half or something. I don't know. You guys got to the point where you just kind of that didn't need me anymore. You know, you were doing your own tours, had a record deal in place and stuff. And it was just, I don't know. It, it was important for me to, um, I don't want to say reach down, but just, you know, kind of reach back a little bit and help some people um, get off yeah. the ground that, that really needed a, a hand. Um, because it's tough out there on, on the open road in this music industry. Uh, or at least it was back then. It's I don't even want to talk about how it is now, but um, I mean, but honestly, yeah. I tell I. Oh God, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, I you know it's 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 something that I still kind of talk about uh, to this day, and and any any time that I have an opportunity to talk to anybody that's younger than me, or also like I've talked about it in interviews before, um, about how you know you had reached out that hand to, to help us, and how that's you know that's not super common. It does happen. Uh, but you know, there's, there's a lot of that attitude of like, I'm going to get mine and that's all that's important. And I will tell you that the, the industry is, is extremely demanding in the sense that like they want you working on you and growing you and you're only as good as how much you can provide. So it doesn't also like lend to, you're always trying to get on a tour that's above you. You're not really trying to like headline and bring a smaller band with you that would be counterproductive in a lot of ways. So then it doesn't really lend to like a lot of people helping bands that are smaller than them. So it's really great whenever you see people in bands that are like really trying to help young bands out fresh bands that need help that need a hand. 
We had a lot of help. I mean, obviously Metallica brought us out when they didn't need to bring anybody out. And um, they were super over the top generous to us. And I just wanted, not that the sword ever even attained, you know, a tenth of that. But I, I wanted to, to carry that that mentality along yeah, and just help people that deserved it along the way. Not just anybody, but there was so many bands, um, that especially as like streaming became more prevalent and record sales just kept dropping and everything like that. Just because that was the way the industry turned didn't mean that there still weren't like tons of bands that like people that still wanted to play in a band and like, you know, get in a van and just, you know, leave your life behind and stuff. And it just got harder and harder for bands to do that bands that we tried to bring out. Right. You know, we, we tried to bring out ones that deserved it. And, um, and y'all definitely did. Uh, that was, those are, the, those are the good old days that, uh, the American sharks yeah. sword, uh, clutch tour. Man, that was, Oh good, my goodness. Good times. That was the tour. <laughs> I talked to uh, somebody over in the clutch camp. I can't remember who it was that I was that I was texting, and I was like, "We got to redo that uh, that tour. We have to do that that lineup again one more time." I mean, it would oh, yeah. be epic. I'm already I'm, I'm already one. putting it on my calendar. Here we go. It's yeah. done. There, it has to happen. It. It, it's already booked. I did it just now. <laughs> yeah, it's booked. Uh, it's already booked. I, yeah, I, it's already booked. I did it just now. I I, I have that many connections. Um, uh, I, I did want to ask you um, a question uh, about just um, from that point of view. I mean, the Sword was really lucky. We were like the biggest little band or like the littlest big band. But I just kind of wanted to ask you like really like your thoughts on what it was like at that time. Like when Spotify started to really take over and it was impossible to sell records and you're just living in a van and just playing your own shows. Like just really like how did it feel kind of knowing you had to have known that it wasn't going to you know, go viral or something like that. I don't want to, I'm not trying to sound negative, but I mean, it's just like, it's when you go up against that, you know what I mean? Like, you know right. that you're like driving into the void. Like, how did that feel? Yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, it's really hard. And actually I think it, it takes a big toll on you mentally. There's a couple of things because it's like right off the bat, you, you work your whole life and however long that may be, some people, you know, some people, they come swinging right out of the gates. They're Billie Eilish and they're huge and they're not even 20 years old. And that's amazing. And then you have some people that are, you know, they've been, they've been playing for 10 years, slogging, playing the clubs, just trying to get that one opportunity. And then you do. And, uh, whenever you get to those moments, it's like, you know, uh, you all of a sudden start to realize that it's, it's not a lot like, it's not really like what you imagine it would be. And I think that that probably changes whenever you get to be like really big. Like if you're a band like Metallica, well then that changes a lot because you're so big that you're, you're filthy rich, you know, you can, you're really riding in a lot of comfort. Um, and it can really become more of a job in the sense that like it literally pays all of your bills as opposed to like, if you get in this little middle ground where you're like, man, we're doing well, we should be doing, you know, more, but it's like, I still have to come home and, and get a job, you know? And for a few years, I didn't for a few years. That's all that we did was tour and we made money and it was fine. But, you know, but yeah, it's, it's like you all of a sudden realize, and, and the, with the times changing, you start to realize that it's like, you know, it's, it's hard, it's harder and it's few and far between to, to become one of those big bands. And so then it's daunting and it, it almost starts to really eat away at you and you start to feel very hopeless and that feeling can lead to a lot of despair and and that can manifest in a few different ways it can manifest in that you're fighting with your band a lot 
Um, it can manifest in that you're, you know, drinking and using more drugs to escape. Uh, and I experienced all those things. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I often argue with myself and get into little fights with myself now because things have really wound down in, in American Sharks land. And, uh, you know, it's been years since I've been on a tour and, uh, sometimes I get upset because I feel like I'm not doing what I was supposed to be doing. But then sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, but this is great. <laughs> you know, like, this is awesome. I, I have a great house and, like, I have a great wife and my dogs. And so uh, why would I want to go back to all that other shit? It's funny how, yeah, it's just, it, it's, I don't know, tours are, it's weird. You, you get stuck in this mentality of just, like, you know, just one more job. Music industry is a lot like organized crime where you're just like, okay, we'll just do this one more job yeah. and, then, and then cut and run. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is because, like, the music industry is completely unregulated. Um, every band does mm-hmm. it differently. Like you said, it's, you got that um, that I got to get mine mentality. And um, and, and then also just, like, you every, every band tours differently. Like, every band runs their business differently. There's no two bands that do it the same right. way. Uh, and um, it's like it's the wild west and it's uh it's alluring it's 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 really easy to like romanticize it um i i miss touring like crazy but it is a lot of work you forget how much work goes into just even one tour and then like uh the way that the sword used to grind you know we were just we would tour for like you know uh, i mean off and on we would go hard for like five years at a time you know and then like take a year off and then go really hard five years at a time and then take a year off and then eventually like once you know some of us started having kids and and uh, the industry kind of started changing and just we didn't really feel like killing ourselves on the road anymore. You know, it it, it felt natural. But then, yeah, once you take enough time off, you just get that itch again. You're just like, oh, what yeah. if we just did one more tour? Um, and then we were going to. <laughs> it was it was going to be great. Primus yeah. called us up. We were going to uh, hit, hit the road. We were going to get the band back together. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. It's all been postponed and it's being reworked now and everything. But, um yeah, uh, I hope it, I hope it works out because uh, it was what I did. It was what we were best at. And and when you you know because I'm I'm no fool. I know that we're not gonna hit it super big, and then it's just gonna be what it is. You know, but we're that's kind of not the point right now. Like we we did that journey. We found out who we are, and uh, I'm really comfortable with that. You know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's okay to uh, just be be who you are in the band that you are. Yeah. Be aware of that, and and not be fooling yourself or trying to like spend all your money on tour because you got to look like you have a tour bus or something like that. So many bands waste so much money just to keep up appearances. And, uh, right. It's a, that's that's why I like the sharks. Y'all never did that. I mean, it was just three dudes in a van and, uh, I, I you're, y'all were my favorite band. I wanted to be in the band so bad, but I just knew if like I joined the band, it would ruin it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, just don't. It's, it's, I, it's, yeah. I just I don't think that anybody can be in American Sharks just because of the like the whirlwind of emotions that circles that band. It's like between myself and Will and Nick, we're so uh, all of our personalities in regards to being in the band can be so polarizing to each other. It's like uh, I can't imagine like I couldn't even imagine subjecting anyone to that. Like you're gonna you're gonna hop in the van with us for, and that's gonna be your biggest nightmare. You're yeah, gonna walk away yeah, right. and be like, why did I ever do this? <laughs> that's where the magic was, though. I mean, there was nothing like seeing yeah. you guys play for like 20 minutes and just absolutely destroy the stage. 
and just nobody could yeah. follow you. It, it, it reminded me of the early sword days whenever, you know, we only had 30 minute sets. And um, I mean, the sword through the years, you know, we had a much more dynamic sound and we could, you know, play for an hour and a half. The set, you know, had peaks and valleys and mm-hmm. drawn out parts and stuff like that. But if you have to go after the sword playing a 30 minute set, like good luck, you know, and that was um, right. that was exactly how I felt. Uh, watching y'all every night it was great um uh i god i miss those days um the uh can i tell one of my favorite stories about you i don't know if, if yeah. you, <laughs> you can take it out if you don't want but um so yeah. it was when it was when i was managing y'all and please feel free to take the reins on this story uh because you were the one i wasn't there but um uh your record had just come out um we uh y'all were signed to the end records uh, out of new york and uh, we sent y'all up to uh, Manhattan uh, to uh, for CMJ uh, for your showcase yeah. up there. And the <laughs> night of your show, about twenty minutes before your set, I can't. I, I was in Austin. I think I don't think we were on tour. I think I was home uh, on a break. Uh, but I get a phone call from the head of the label, and he goes, "Kyle." I was like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" He goes, "Like we we can't find Rocky." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, what do you mean?" He's like, "Him and." Him and somebody got in a fight, and he just ran off. And it's like Manhattan at CMJ. There's like you know ten thousand people on the street. He's like he just ran off. They they go on in fifteen minutes. Uh, can you call him? And I was just like, oh my god, what do I do? And uh, you know those are those were back in the you know the drinking yeah. and the drugging days. And um, oh, so yeah. I just I I knew how you guys would get twisted up sometimes with each other or whatever. So I was just I tried to call you. You weren't answering your phone trying to call like can y'all just please like do whatever you want after the show but please can you just rally for this one fucking show <laughs> and you oh, did man. like i guess you came back right yeah. and i never got a hold yeah. of you but you did come back and you loaded in and played the show and then just walked off like a beast in the night and uh yeah uh, you you t- like tell me what you did after that um yeah i mean and also if you want i can i can give you more details about if what you want yeah please that was because it was just They're like the, the classic like you know a rock and roll story of like, oh God, like what is going on right now? I loved it. We had gotten into, uh, it was, it was actually, it was such a, it was such a big deal because it was like, yeah, it was like, it was CMJ. We, we had signed to this New York label. Um, we were going to be there for a whole week and this was like the first show. It was at cake shop, which I, I believe is closed down now. Oh man. If I recall correctly, I think I saw that it closed down. I'm not, I'm don't call me on that. But so it was, you know, it was at Cake Shop. It was going to be awesome. And there were so many people there. It was, like, packed. And we were just, like, you know, it's funny, too, to think back on times like that because you never really, like, as, as much as you wish that you could, you get you get these, like, one opportunities where you feel, like, caught lightning in a bottle. And people – and everybody's very energized just by your, like, playing shows. And that was kind of our time. It was, like, right then we had, like – we were lightning in a bottle. It was like we were playing all these great shows. We were on another level in terms of like the way that we were like playing together as a band. And uh, I mean, shit was just like fucking happening for us. It was just like boom, 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 boom. And, uh, you know, even if you get to a certain point, you'll never be able to get that again. You might still be playing shows where tons of people will come to your shows and all that kind of stuff. But you're never like you're never There's that nothing, fresh. Like nothing like that uptick for real. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So that was like that moment for us. So we were definitely like, uh, you know, a little, we were having a good time. Our, our website is called sharkspartyhard.com. So like, you know, we weren't shy about, uh, having a good time. And, uh, we had been up, we played in Philadelphia the night before at Kung Fu Necktie with Ruby the Hatchet actually. And this was like 
a long time ago. This was kind of like real early Ruby the Hatchet, kind of before they broke, and they were awesome, and we really loved them like right off the bat. But uh, they, um, the uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so we were in Philadelphia, and we were hanging out with another uh, person that was from Austin who had moved up there, and I will leave that person's name out of the uh, podcast because I don't know that they would appreciate me talking about this. But <laughs> we'd stayed up all night. You know, doing the types of drugs and partying that you might do whenever you stay up until four in the morning, which was really dumb because we had this big show in New York and we knew this is like, this is going to be really important. This week is really important for us. But, you know, classic sharks. We were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We just stayed up all night partying. (laughs) And uh, there was a little bit left of what we were, what illicit substance we were using uh, to party at the moment. And, uh, And there was a little bit left and it wasn't mine. It was another bandmate's, and uh, we'll leave that one up in the air for which bandmate it is, because I don't know if he would appreciate me telling the story either. But it was another bandmate's uh, drugs, and I, and he was like, hold on to it. And I remember being like, no, this isn't a good idea. And he's like, no, just hang on to it. Just hang on to it and give it to me tomorrow. So I hang on to it, and of course, like, it gets dipped into. And so then the next day, the next night we're on edge because we're just like, you know, we've got these hangovers and we're just like, Oh, and, uh, so we get to New York. It it takes forever to get there. Obviously we get to New York, we get loaded in and, or whatever we were doing. And, uh, all of a sudden I get a text. It's like, dude, what the hell? And he starts getting very upset with me about the, you know, the state of his drugs. And I'm like, I'm apologizing. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, let's get you some more. And he's like, how are you going to get more? And I'm like, ah, we're in New York. Like, we've got to be able to, it won't be a big deal. Like, let's figure it out. We're going to get you some more. But he's just like not having it. He's like, no way. He's like super, super pissed off about this. And rightfully so. I, I would be, I would, I was super mad. But I, <laughs> since then, we also have kind of come to the agreement that we're like, it's a stupid thing to argue about drugs. But, um, you know, I was when you're, when you're coming too. down, though, it's <laughs> yeah. When you're coming down, it's really hard to control those. Like, yeah, and you're on the road, and you're just like feeling a lot of stress already. So I'm immediately like in hothead mode. I'm like, well, fuck you, you know. And he, we're going back and forth. We're arguing through our texting, right? So then I come outside, and our van is parked right in front of Cake Shop. And I come outside. There's people everywhere because the show was was pretty packed, and uh, the. Uh, I come outside and I see I see the person uh, that I'm having this argument with right in front of me, and we just give each other this look. And I mean, it's immediate. We start like physically fighting, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're like slamming each other against the van, and we're like yelling at each other. And I remember like he, so we have each other against the van, and we're holding each other against the van, and we're just like fierce. And at that moment, it's like the head of our label the entourage of people from the label, our booking agent, which was your booking agent, might I add. They were uh, all just watching it happen. They came walking up right then. And they were just like, uh, like, I mean, they're like, what? And we had never met these people before. I think maybe we had met Klein before, but we hadn't met the label people at all. We hadn't actually met. Oh, no, we met Andreas one time. But not the rest uh, of them. Because he came, but not the rest of them. So we didn't know any of them. They, they didn't know. Uh, this is like the very first time that they see us. And we're having like a like a fist fight in front of all these people before <laughs> our show. And I just leave. I'm just like, see ya. I'm out of here. Yeah, and that's when I get the phone call from Andres just right. freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, I'm quitting. I'm done. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I don't want to do this. But, you know, I was a baby. I was a pretty well, big that, baby. That is uh, also, that was I like the am. fifth time you'd quit the band, too. You know, like, yeah. that, that yeah, wasn't totally. a, necessarily a, a shock when I got that phone call. So that's why I was I trying I to tell the label. I was like, you know what? Since. Just just calm down. It, we'll, we'll get, he'll play the show. It'll be fine. Yeah, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, I probably quit five more times since then, too. I, I quit all the time. I'm always like, all right, done. This is it. This was the last. So I've said on stage before that it was our last show. I'm like, this is it, last show, and I've meant it. And then, I've, I've heard you know, you, you always get yeah. Yeah. I told Jimmy, I remember telling Jimmy, I was like, this is really it. This is really the last show, I'm telling you. We were playing with the Spits at Backyard of Hotel Vegas. And I was like, this is it. This is the last one for real. And it was a great show. We played really great, and I was like, this is perfect. We can end like this. But then it was just like, oh, you get sucked back in. It's too much you get fun. that one offer. You get, you know, all it takes oh, is yeah. one phone call. Next thing you know, you're on tour again. Uh, but but what happened, what, what happened what, what happened when you came back, though? I, I, I really love the rest of this story. I'm trying to remember. Whenever I came back from... From New York or whenever we came back? Or, or no, like when you ran off uh, at the cake shop show, you oh. came back and played the show, and then... Yeah. When what I happened fell asleep? after that? <laughs> you, did, you did fall asleep. <laughs> you, I'm trying you really to don't remember. remember. Oh, my God. You, yeah, so you yeah. played the sh- From what I remember, um, you fell asleep. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you played the show and then uh, just ran off into the night uh, in New York City. Uh, you made it from Cake Shop, which is in uh, Soho, uh, all the way to Central Park, which is a fucking hike. Uh, that's like, you know, 60 city blocks. And you straight up passed out in Central Park and <laughs> woke up like a bum with a dead phone and no idea where your bandmates were. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I had lost a bunch of money, too. Oh, man. But I, and I'm going to tell you right now, that is not the craziest... New York City for me was like, it's imagine like, New York City is is like a mecca for anybody for many different reasons. There's a lot oh, of sure. reasons why you'd want to be in New York City. For me, I always like glamorized New York City because I love David Bowie. And David Bowie just like fell in love with New York City. It's where he made his home, obviously. And, uh, and I just had this idea that like, to be drunk... To be a drunk punk and like, but also like, you know, to feel like you're important, like, oh, I got to play this show and I play in a band and like, um, it's, it was really poetic to me at the moment. Like I was like, I'm going to walk around New York City and be drunk and like write lyrics and play cool shows and blah, blah, blah. Even though I didn't really have the clout or the money to like support that <laughs> lifestyle. Um, so I would get into all kinds of of shit in New York. And it was like, it was crazy because every time it's like, there's a smell whenever you first get into New York, you know, it's the oh, smell yeah. of rat piss or whatever, you know? Uh, and so that smell always gives me, and I still, I, I go to, I try to make it to Brooklyn every year, at least once or twice. And now, uh, my wife and I go, uh, and we have a friend, uh, who's also an old punk. He plays in this band phobia and he, uh, which she played in with him. But anyway, the point is, is that he's got this little apartment and uh, he's got this extra room and it's awesome because it's very New York. It's very Brooklyn. Pardon me. Yeah, who has it's an extra Brooklyn. room in Brooklyn? That's awesome. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, it's 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 a punk. It's it's what you, you know, a punk's apartment. You know, it's at the top floor of this like old building and like you go up all the stairs. But uh, it's amazing, though. It's just like it's it's it really captures that feeling because it's like right next to the train tracks. It's right in Bushwick. It's like, it's awesome. Anyway, 
Not the point. The point is, is that every time that I smell New York, as soon as I get there, I smell it. I always have this like range of emotions of like anxiety and fear all the way to like elation. And, you know, uh, that's because I had so many like bad. I had a lot of bad times there. I had a lot of like really good times. I had some like really beautiful times. I remember I fell in love there with a girl and like, you know, just going back to see her would be enough. And then, you know, but I'd, I'd always end up getting drunk and like stumbling around the park and passing out <laughs> and losing money and like <laughs> losing my ID and whatever. So, Oh man. How did you even find the band? I, I can't even remember like, yeah, how you guys linked back up. Cause your phone was dead. I remember you telling me you were walking around trying to, uh, ask people to like oh. borrow their phone charger but you look like you still had like leaves in your hair from sleeping in the park and people telling you get the fuck away from me <laughs> you know in new york yeah, and I was, <laughs> yeah yeah well and i was freezing cold because like i didn't have a jacket i was in just oh. like a just like a flannel and so i was like freezing and i'm walking around and i'm like i can't, I can't barely talk because i'm like talking you know and i'd be like please and everyone's like get away from me you know i had big long hair back then big old beard i smell like booze and so, yeah, so, you know, it's like, and I'm trying to get people to stop and talk to me and, like, help me, and nobody will. No, everyone's like, get away from me, get away from me. And uh, I even went up to a cop, and I was, like, trying to talk to this cop, and he's, like, he just straight up was like, do you want me to take you to jail? Do you want to go to jail? And I was like, nope, and I just kept walking, you know. I knew what that meant. But then I ran, I managed to stop some people, and they, they, they listened to me and I was like, listen, I'm in a band. I'm not from here. I promise you. Like I, I played, I'm here all week for CMJ. I was like, just please. I was like, Google my band, Google my band. And I got them to Google American sharks and they saw me and they were like, Oh, and I was like, I, I need help, please. I was like, I'm like, my phone is dead. Can I please use a phone charger? And they, they let me come inside of this place. And it was so funny. Cause I was like, so overwhelmed with emotion <laughs> that somebody had finally like, helped me that I just was crying. I was like in there crying. <laughs> I just called Nick. I remember I called Nick and I'm like, help me. And, uh, I'm so cold. <laughs> I'm so cold. Yeah. But I just, I felt like it, it, uh, it's funny because it actually had a lasting effect on me in terms of like the way that I view, uh, people who are homeless or, uh, you know, struggling with addiction. You see people on the road and people are like, ah, look at that person. Like, I never really, I never think of people in that way anymore. And I get the idea that, like, then they say this, that you see people um, that are, like, people that are homeless have, you know, a lot of uh, issues th- th- dealing with the fact that, like, people won't even, like, look at them or acknowledge them. Totally. And... And I got that because I was like, man, like I couldn't even get anybody to talk to me at all. They're like, get away from me. And yeah, I was in New York City, too. And yeah, I looked like a drunk barbarian. Uh, but, you know, it was it was it's it was hard. It was like I, I could, you know. And so whenever somebody finally did help it, like it touched my heart in a way that I just couldn't, couldn't contain myself. I was like <laughs> blubbering. <laughs> That's awesome. Great story. I, I love that one. But yeah, that was, I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg with you, you yeah. freaks. Yeah. God, uh, yeah. The, those, those times were, I'll never forget those tours that we did together. Well, the, uh, us and castle with you guys and clutch and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Eagle claw. When it was, wasn't it sharks, Eagle claw? The sur- no, 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 sorry. There's too many tours. Yeah. Oh, I Australia, wish. We, us, I us always... and clowns and, and you guys, oh, that was a God. good one. All across Australia, oh. just getting stupid on birthday cake flavored vodka and 
yeah, oh, it was, oh my god, that was that was so fun. But um, but now you're a country legend again. You, you've left it all behind. You shed it all. Getting back to your roots. Yeah. How does that uh, How does that feel? Oh, you know, it's it's cool because it's a lot. Uh, one of the things that I always kind of hated about American Sharks that I, I guess I still do is that uh, I really love to sing. Um, it's something that I've that I've always loved since I was a kid. I whenever I was in first grade, I sang "All My Exes Live in Texas" a cappella for the talent show contest. Like, awesome! I love to sing. I love country music. I always have. Um, Will actually loves country music too, so it was really cool because whenever we would be on tour, we would listen to a lot of country, and he's really good at making like really great country playlists. So he'd always like have the, he'd always he'd always kick the jams, and you'd be like, "Yes, this is the fucking killer." Uh, but yeah, I really love to sing, and in American Sharks, I don't really sing, and uh, so you know, I never really like. I hated that like the band that I had the most notoriety for being a part of nobody knows that I sing. And so like, you know, I always wished you always like see people who are like in bands and everyone's like, Oh, I want to get so-and-so to be in the band in this like special song. Or like, I want to get them to like do this thing. Cause they're such a great singer. or They're such a great uh, guitarist. And like, you know, I, I always felt like I was like, I, I can really sing. And <laughs> like, I wish that I, you know, people don't know that about me. Yeah. And, uh, so being playing country music is like a really great opportunity to like really sing, you know, and I do all my own harmonies on the recordings. Uh, some of the recordings, some of the recordings I have, uh, friends who, uh, like a band that helps me, but I do a lot of home recordings and I do, uh, my own backups and stuff. And like, yeah, that's, you know, that's, I love that. They're great songs. I really, really enjoy them. You're a great songwriter. Uh, you're a great singer. Um, it's just, it's, it's been awesome seeing your musical journey because um, even before uh, American Sharks, you were playing kind of like glam style stuff with Bolt. And um, I've seen all your like David Bowie and uh, uh, ELO cover bands and stuff. You're a really talented guy. And it, um, it's, it, Thanks, it's man. great to just see you not give up because it's, it's impossible to break. Like you said, like, you know, these days you can, you know, uh, come out swinging, you know, and get like a, a, a hit out of nowhere. Next thing you know, you're like the biggest band in the world all of a sudden. And then you're kind of like there forever, really, you know, but that's, that right. it's really hard to predict that and stuff. So the fact that like band, that people even want to still play music and put it out there and everything, like the motivation to do that is so much different than it was when we were coming up in the nineties. Yeah. You know, cause there's no money anymore. There's no fame. If it does happen, it's like right. the chances are like even uh, more astronomical than they used to be. Um, but, and then, you know, it's, you're always going to have like the label that's going to throw the, their $3 million like marketing budget at their pop star. And yeah, if you throw that much money at something, it's going to, there will be a reaction right. one way or the other. But, um, but it's just, it's great to see, um, just keep going and, and not give up because, uh, yeah, you're, you're so talented. It's, it's been a real pleasure being your friend over the years. Uh, man, I, uh, first of all, I, I very much appreciate you saying that it's, extremely flattering i will also say this uh something that i love to tell people too so for the listeners out there uh there's one thing that you said to me that and i've, I've talked about this so many times but it's like the the one thing that you said to me that that has stuck with me forever <laughs> one of the things anyway is as soon as we signed our record contract we were at the backyard of hotel vegas we signed this contract with andreas 
uh, and you shook everybody's hand and you went, congratulations, you're t-shirt salesman. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. That's the only way to make any money. (laughs) It was, it sounds crass, but yeah, it's, it's the damn truth. Uh, yeah, I think I heard that from, uh, Mark Morton from Lamb of God. He, he's the one that told me that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, That's he was just so like, "Oh funny. yeah, congratulations, you're a t-shirt salesman now," or something like well, that. Well, I think he, I think he said, uh, "I just, uh, I'm a t-shirt salesman. I just happen to be real good at playing guitar." <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny though. But it's like then we ran across uh, one year we were doing a tour. It was like us and Guar and uh, this band called Miss May I, and uh, they're awesome dudes. I mean, Levi Singer. He's, I mean, all of them are sick. But I. I me and Levi kind of broke down a lot because he's vegan and I'm vegan. So we were like eating at the same places, but, uh, they, they make shirts. Like they have a shirt that's not even a band shirt. It's a shirt of like a cat with like a pentagram. And it says like, I can't even remember. It's some like funny shirt and they made that design and they sell it at hot topic. And that's, they make a ton of money off of that. Like that's how they make money. And so they yeah. make all these like crazy shirt designs and they support themselves by doing like, that's their big thing. They're like, we sell a bunch of shirts. They're like, yeah, we love playing music and we're going to be playing music and they've got a lot of fans and all that. But they're like, but you know, they make a bunch of money selling shirts yeah, and totally. it's amazing. You can't, you can't, you can't just play guitar anymore. You have to be an actor and a writer and a video editor and anything and whatever it is, you have to do that these days. If you want to be able to play music, you know, um, right. Not not even for a living necessarily, but just to, to make the most out of it, you know. Uh, it ain't the yeah. 80s anymore, but um, it the it's, 80s, probably, no. it's probably a good thing. The 80s kind of sucked. I think so. If you, if you listen to all the, I mean, just so much amazing music came out of there, don't get me wrong, but like so many like huge rock bands, and like you listen to the lyrics of those songs, and you're like, this is trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's, it's funny. There, how, oh, like, there's a ton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, but it's huge. They sold 10 million copies. Whatever. We'll never figure it out. well i'm not gonna keep you all day i really appreciate you taking the time uh to sit down with me and uh help me uh, figure this uh this podcast out and it's uh we're 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 gonna take it places this is gonna be really fun um i'm just gonna hang out call up all all my all my best buds that we toured with um over the years and uh we're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of things i just love it i look forward uh, to doing another one way later down the line where we can tell about how we did another clutch sharks. Oh yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll call it the best the the best buds segment. We'll, we'll bring it back. Uh, yeah, yeah, whenever whenever you get some free time. I know you're a busy man, but um, but uh, but thank you again. And um, if if there's anything you want to plug right now, please plug away. And I'd love to play a song um, if, if if you've got one for us. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, you can check out uh, you know on Instagram. It's at Country Legend Rocky Moon. Uh, I've got the old YouTube going, the Country Legend Rocky Moon YouTube. Uh, I make tons of TikTok videos. Uh, if you like watching funny videos, uh, they are hilarious because I, I have to, I have to, you know, it's it's all about the exploits and the adventures of the one and only Country Legend Rocky Moon, uh, country star on the back end of his career, and uh, and but still stuck in star mode. So you know, check it out and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah play a song i would i would love to uh i got one we can play uh meet me in georgia would be great that sounds great all right we'll do that and uh, uh cool, thanks man. again man all right you take care yep. why don't you come meet me down in georgia i've had a lot of fun hanging around but i've got to go 
you come meet me down in Georgia. Well, I know the road is hard, but you've always got a good friend if you can make it on down to me. Got a big show up in New York way, gotta push it on down the line. But what I wouldn't give just to see your smiling face one more time. Highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. 